0: We all love the story of Cinderella. Even if you're a boy, you can find some enjoyment in that classic story, that classic fairy tale. And the story of Ruth is similar in many ways. Just like Cinderella, Ruth is poor and destitute and without hope for her future. Boaz may not be a prince. He doesn't wear a crown. He's not heir to the throne, but he is a good man and he's in a position to help Ruth. They don't go to a ball. They meet during harvest at the threshing floor, which we'll hear about today. But just like Cinderella goes from rags to riches, Ruth also goes from hopeless to hope, to no future, to a future, from rags to riches. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Today we're going to read the third chapter of the book of Ruth, and this lovely love story between Ruth and Boaz takes place in the middle of barley harvest. So a lot of the story has to do with the harvesting of this barley. Barley is a grain, kind of like wheat or rye or something else like that. So understanding the process of harvesting will help us understand the story. It's also, I think, just important to understand because it's how we get bread, it's how we sustain ourselves and the rest of the world. It's also used as a picture in a lot of scripture. So understanding some of the words that are used around harvesting will help you understand quite a bit of your Bible. So let's talk about it a little bit. In our modern times, um, if you drive out in the country, you've maybe seen a combine machine hard at work, driving through the fields, getting whatever grain they are harvesting. And a combine machine, that stands for combination machine, it does a lot of the different steps all at once for harvesting. But throughout most of history, and still in some parts of the world, and certainly in the Bible, this was done by hand. And so in the book of Ruth, we've heard about reaping. So once the grain grows up, in this case it's barley, they need to go and cut it down. And that's called reaping. So the reapers would go through and they would chop down the stalks of barley and tie it up into sheaves or bundles so that they could carry it. There would always be some left behind or dropped. And so people would come through and glean those. So that's what Ruth was doing. She was a gleaner. Usually people who were poor or destitute could go and find a field and glean in it. And that's how they could um, get enough food for themselves. It was a way that Boaz provided for Ruth. He made sure that there was a lot left behind for her to glean. Well, the next step is to separate the seeds, the barley seeds, from the rest of the plant. And that's what's going to happen in our chapter today. This chapter takes place on something called the threshing floor. So there would be a big area, probably a stone floor, that the the sheaves were brought to and then they would be threshed. And there's a few different ways that that could happen. It could be you take a handful of them and kind of hit them on the ground and the the barley seeds would fall out. Or it could be done with an animal dragging like a, a tool behind it that would kind of grind out those berries or kind of break apart the stalks so that the berries, the seeds would fall out. And then the final step is winnowing and so you've maybe heard the term winnowing fork that's something that looks like a big rake and they would take the the stalks after they've threshed them and kind of throw them up in the air and the wind would blow away the stuff that was like the junk it's called chaff so the leaves the stems The little kind of holes around the seeds, those would all get blown away. And the seeds were heavier, so they would drop down on the ground. And then they could be gathered up and put in a big sack or something and used to eat, to grind into flour, make bread, whatever you want to do with that grain. So in our story today, Boaz is sleeping at the threshing floor. So you can kind of imagine he's there probably with his piles of barley. And he's maybe sleeping there because he wants to keep his barley safe. This was a time in Israel where there was no king over Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It was the time of the judges. So there was maybe um, some fear that a thief would come and steal this barley. So Boaz is sleeping at the threshing floor. In addition to understanding how harvesting works, There's also a lot of talk in this chapter about a kinsman redeemer or redeemer and getting protection. So understanding that concept in the Bible is important too. We've talked about it a little bit in the past, especially when we talked about Judah and Tamar, Um, but I'll review it because it's really important to understand what's happening in this story. In simple terms, a kinsman redeemer was a relative who would take care of someone in their family that was poor or in trouble or in need. So in this case, Ruth and Naomi have no husbands. There's no men in their lives to protect them and provide for them. They're on their own. They also don't have any children. So there's no hope that one day there would be a child who would help take care of them. Ruth isn't going to have a son who takes care of her in her old age, for example. These women don't have—they don't have a job. This was a time period when being married and having children was was how a woman was taken care of. And so, both Naomi and Ruth are in trouble. They're destitute. They're poor, um, and they are pretty hopeless. Boaz is a close relative, and so they think he might be the kinsman redeemer for us. One way that a kinsman redeemer would act would be to marry someone who was a widow, like Ruth, whose husband had died, and so she is a widow now, so Boaz could marry her, and that might be one way that he provides for her needs. He doesn't have to do that, and In fact, the closest relative was the one who they would go to first for help. And so Boaz, we'll find out, isn't actually the closest relative. There's someone even closer than him. And neither of these men are under any, like, there's not a law that says they have to marry Ruth or anything like that. Uh, But they do want to act rightly and take care of her. So understanding that will help you understand what happens in our chapter today. We're reading Ruth chapter three. So open up your Bible if you've got it with you. If you don't have your Bible with you right now, make sure you open up later to the book of Ruth chapter three and read it with your own eyes. All right, here we go. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. So if you were confused by what happens in this chapter, I'll give you a little summary. Basically, Naomi tells Ruth to go to Boaz in the middle of the night. She goes and lays down at his feet, and when he wakes up in the middle of the night when it's dark, she says, hey, will you please marry me, protect me? You're my close relative. And Boaz says, ooh, this is really nice of you to ask. I really want to, but I've got to check with this other relative first because he's A closer relative to you than I am. And that's the end of the chapter. Is Ruth doing something inappropriate here? There's a lot of people that read the Bible think maybe she is doing something a little bit scandalous. I don't think so because Boaz calls her a worthy woman and Ruth is also obeying her mother-in-law Naomi. I think that Ruth is being very bold, though. She's being very courageous. And she goes, this probably felt a little awkward to her. Maybe she was a little bit nervous. But Boaz had been so kind to her, and she needs help. Ruth is desperate. She doesn't have anybody to take care of her. Her future is grim. What would happen if she got hurt? How would she get food if she wasn't able to glean anymore? There's no men in her life, there's no children. There's really no hope. She needs a redeemer. She needs help. And so she goes to Boaz and says at his feet and says, please spread your wings over me, which is kind of like a way of saying, protect me, marry me. And she's asking him to do that. How does this apply to our own lives? Well, we can look at the exemplary, the great character of Boaz and Ruth. They are they're good models for us. Boaz is a great man. He wants to take care of her. He's kind. He's upright. And Ruth is a virtuous and wonderful woman. She's faithful to her mother-in-law. She is a hard-working. She's, she's a great example to us. But more than that, the way that Ruth goes and asks Boaz, hey, please take care of me, is the same way that we should go to our great Redeemer, Jesus, and ask him. We can kneel down at the feet of Jesus, figuratively, in prayer, and say, I'm needy. I need you. I'm needy because of my sin, and I need a Redeemer. Please, will you redeem me? And he surely will. Unlike Boaz, Jesus doesn't need to go check with a closer relative. He is Our great Redeemer. So when we read this story, Boaz is a little bit of a pointer towards Jesus and we can remember that. If you haven't ever gone to Jesus before and asked him to redeem you, I would want to encourage you to do that today. Don't wait. You can go to him in prayer and simply ask, Jesus, I am a sinner and I'm needy. I need a Savior. Will you redeem me? And he surely will. Our memory verse for this week was Psalm 42, verse 11. It says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. When we are cast down, when we're in turmoil, we can tell ourselves, Hey, don't be down. Hope in God, he's our salvation. I'm so glad that you join me today on Audacious Arrows in reading the book of Ruth. And stay tuned for the rest of the story when we will find out how our one great Redeemer is connected to Ruth and Boaz. We'll see you next time.